This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The gospel of the Lord. Look for the helpers. That was the advice that Fred Rogers, also known as Mr. Rogers of the neighborhood, recalled his mother telling him when he was growing up, whenever catastrophe or disaster or crisis would strike, she would always try to divert his attention to the helpers. And I think that's good advice not only for children, but for adults too. As Fred Rogers has said, if you look for the helpers, you will, you will know that there is hope. Even so, these times of crisis dig at that perennial question, why do bad things happen? I don't think there's ever really a good answer to that question. But I suspect the question is part of our human nature to want to have a reason for why things happen, so that we can better understand the problem and control it and make it better. But what happens when we can't? What happens when the COVID-19 pandemic isn't just about COVID-19 anymore? What happens when, a, when suddenly a life-threatening illness keeps us isolated, separated, cut off, from the physical presence of our loved ones, and especially so for those who already live alone? What happens when it means people are being furloughed or losing their jobs completely, or when small businesses have to close their doors and wonder if, not when, but if they'll be able to reopen? What happens when we wonder how we're going to pay bills or afford groceries? What happens when it means we can't even gather at the bedside of a loved one who is dying or have to put off their funeral until all of this is over? In the midst of so much chaos and confusion and uncertainty, where do we turn for hope? Look for the helpers. I see at least two helpers in our gospel texts today. One of them we've already encountered in the passage that we just read. It's that bizarre set of instructions that Jesus gives to his disciples, go into the village, seemingly steal someone's donkey, 
And if they ask what you're doing, just tell them, oh, the Lord needs them. End of conversation. Can you imagine someone in your driveway, hot wiring your car and getting ready to drive away, and then you approach them and the would-be thief says only, oh, the Lord needs it. Okay, then, by all means. Do you want the keys? Can I get you anything else? I mean, it's a little bizarre, right? Maybe it's not an exact parallel. But I have to say, it has struck me how people seem to be much more willing these days to step up and to help in the midst of our present crisis. Many of you have offered to run errands or buy and deliver groceries for your fellow Unity members who aren't as easily able to get out. Others have started calling people or writing cards to people to check in on one another. Those of you, unlike me, adept at sewing, uh, have started making face masks for the medical staff at Freighter and Children's Hospitals. When I look at the helpers in our midst, I see hope in that. And I think maybe this idea of looking to the helpers might explain the bizarre encounter with the donkey and the colt in this gospel text. As one of my friends writes this week, Jesus relied on the community to provide for the things that he would need. Jesus knew that the movement that he was building was bigger than just the people in his close personal circle. And he knew that there were others, others in the midst of their ordinary lives who would help in their own way. Jesus was building a community network of support exactly at a time when he would most need it. Now, fast forward to the second gospel reading I mentioned that we'll hear at the end of this service, and almost the same thing happens again just a few chapters later in Matthew. When his disciples ask Jesus where he wants to eat the Passover meal, Jesus tells his disciples to go into the city to a certain man and tell him that the teacher will keep the Passover at his house. And it just happens. Seems like Jesus knows a little bit more than he's letting on. Who is this certain man? Was the teacher some kind of code word that he would recognize? It leads me to wonder, was there an underground network of helpers in Jerusalem? After all, we read that the whole city was in turmoil after Jesus' entry. There was chaos and confusion. Nothing about what happened was normal. And there, in the midst of chaos and confusion, there are helpers. We're learning to adjust to our new normal these past couple of weeks, finding new and creative ways to help and reach out to our neighbors. The Cathedral of St. John the Divine rests in the heart of New York City. If you ever had the chance to visit, it's really quite stunning. But it's in the heart of New York City, which, as you know, is one of the epicenters of this pandemic, with now, by last counts, over 56,000 cases in New York City alone, and nearly 12,000 of them hospitalized. Earlier this week, I read that the cathedral leadership is in talks with the city to determine how they can help to alleviate pressure on the city's overburdened healthcare system. 
including the possibility of housing patients in their sanctuary. Look for the helpers. And then there are those seemingly unwitting helpers, those who seemingly have no choice but to help, whether they like it or not. In our Passion Gospel, there's the other scene with Simon of Cyrene. The text tells us that he's compelled, forced, by the Roman soldiers to carry Jesus's cross. Simon didn't get a say in the matter, but I can't imagine even the momentary help that he provided literally lifting the burden of the cross was any less appreciated and noticed by Jesus in his moment of need. I can't help but think of the unwitting helpers in our midst. Grocery store workers, carry out restaurant employees, gas station attendants, mail carriers, first responders, medical professionals, IT staff, the people who keep our world running, and so many others who we would otherwise take for granted, but whose work is now deemed essential. I think, like Jesus, we are actively building an improvised community network of support as we go. We're learning as we go, and no one is indispensable. This Palm Sunday feels it's a little different, doesn't it? Our echoes of Hosanna, save us, have a different, more poignant ring to them this year. Hosanna, save us. From where does our help come? From the humble prophet Jesus from Nazareth, riding on a donkey in this absurd procession through the city. From the cross, and from the God who is with us in our suffering. Today, we cry out Hosanna for our state, for our country, Hosanna for our world, Hosanna for the most vulnerable, Hosanna for those who can't cry out for themselves. We cry out Hosanna because we know that this isn't the end of the story. For soon, those Hosannas will certainly give way to hallelujahs. In the meantime, friends, look around. Look for the helpers. You'll find more than you think. Amen.